Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, my next guest has become known as the factory fixer due to his work in turning around factories that were previously seen as basket cases, most notably with Oral-B. He's put his experience and thoughts now into uh, uh, how to turn around an ailing business in his new book, Make Your Factory Great and Keep It That Way. Liam joins me now to talk uh, some of his wisdom. Liam, um, you're a veteran of this business. Um, Tell us a little bit about, I suppose, maybe our listeners, how, at a high level, how factories work and the kind of common things that you might see on your travels around, you know, factories not making money and the reasons maybe why they may not be profitable. Well, factories generally, mostly I've worked with multinationals and uh, multinationals, uh, the factories, the internal competition that can be pretty fierce. Okay. Uh, you know, almost, I, I make a joke that um, it's almost worse than the external competition at times. So you're always competing for that next new product that's been developed. And uh, the, the way to do it is that if you keep your foot on the pedal, do the right things, try to preempt what's going to happen. But you're always watching your watching for the, your competition. You're always anticipating what they're doing. And every year you strive to take costs out. Right. So w- we would be looking at uh, ingraining a, um, a philosophy of continuous cost improvement so that if you have everyone in your workforce thinking in this way and it's possible to do that, we've done that many times. Um, that's a massive that's a massive weapon in your in your armory. OK. And then then there are other things like uh, for example, waiting time in organizations, you will never totally eliminate it, but it can be endemic in many. So you you teach people, uh, challenge them, why are they waiting? And ask them to challenge each other, why do they wait? So that if you could get everyone from the bottom to the top, from the, from the uh, top to the bottom, thinking in that way and saying, you know, why am I waiting? Yeah. Why am I waiting for this service? Why am I waiting for a signature? It's amazing how, how much time is lost waiting for approval for Simple things. Okay, can can you bring me through the uh, the factory that you worked with in in Iowa? Uh, it was a, a three hundred and eleven thousand square feet Oral B toothbrush plant, uh, making about a million toothbrushes a day. Now you were sent out there to sort it out effectively. Uh, I was uh, asked to go there to prepare it for the closure announcement within two years. Okay, uh, so it, that's very different. So. You went then, say, having been briefed from your manage, your senior management or whoever to say, get this place ready for a closure. And you said, we're not going to be closing here. We're going to do something different. I, I said I would go if I could have a, a go at turning it around. And I don't think my boss at the time, who was a great guy, um, believed that I could or believe that I could get a, get agreement. You know, once the word goes out on an organisation that the place is doomed, it's in a, in a multinational, it's very hard to turn that around. Right. Uh, you know, people are moving on. It's They're fast moving. Decisions are made to move on. But uh, so, but I believe that, you know, that there was potential there. It was, it was in a great location, right? Iowa City in the centre of, of the Midwest. Uh, 60, almost 70% of everything that was made uh, was sold in North America. So that meant you know, moving to, if it was moving to China, the, the, the transit times from China was 56 days by land and sea. That hadn't really been thought out. And in the world of toothbrushes, packaging changes regularly, sometimes every year, right. something, you know. So you're always phasing in and phasing out. As well as that, there was a lot of untapped 
uh, stuff there. Uh, the, the leadership had been, in my view, they, they had been badly led. The leadership weren't concentrating on the right things. So, you know, we went to town. I, I sorted out the leadership team. Some departed next level. Uh, people departed at the three levels of management. Uh, we implemented what we call lean, lean practices, lean transformation. And maybe for our listeners who maybe don't know about lean, can you summarise lean in terms of what it actually does? Yeah, well, very quickly, it's, it means more with less. Yeah. And it uh, people say it, a lot of it came from the Toyota production system, which they make the best cars in the world. And I worked for 20 years with General Motors. Uh, but not everything, uh, you know, like, for example, Kanban, which is, uh, you know, materials are pulled through the system um, and, and by visual signage or, or some sort of a signal. Well, uh, you know, if you watch the, the people ripped in the supermarket shelves or the old corner shop when the bread man would pull in, he'd bring the fresh bread and he'd bring the old stuff out. That essentially was Kanban. Yeah. So not everything came from the Toyota production system. Uh, and, you know, in our mother's kitchens, which is often the smallest room in the house, there are hundreds and hundreds of items. Well, you no, know, they replenish as they, as they consume. So if you can imagine that being applied in a factory at a much higher level, in other words, you organize your suppliers so that materials flow in when you need them. Yeah, and you're not holding stocks. You're not holding inventory. Inventory, yeah. Inventories can bury, uh, uh, and too much of it can bury organizations. You mentioned there about, you know, working with multinationals and internal competition. Like, there's always going to be somewhere that will do it cheaper, isn't there? So if you're in America, like Iowa, like you say, you've got a wage rate there that I assume is going to be higher than a developing country. There always is. And I'll come, if you mind, I'll come to that in a second. What I wanted to say, in the lean world, you put people at the centre. Right. You love your people, you invest in them, you train them, you support them, you involve them in the design of their workplace. You give them a voice that is listened to and responded to. So you really respect them. Everybody at every level in the yeah. factory has, has that opportunity. But then you hold people accountable. I believe that accountability is, is, is almost disastrous in the world today at political level, at, at, all, at, at every level. And, you know, I think that there was much more accountability 30 years ago. So in, in, in the world we hold, everybody has, a, has a, a, a clear, clear role. And this is what we do. We will invest in your, give you a career pathing. But this is what you must deliver for okay. us. So, so accountability, but, responsibility. Yeah. They're all nailed yeah. in, in a good lean operation. Yeah, and just in your, to, your, to, to, your, to your question about people or your comment about people, there's always going to be somebody who make it cheaper. Yes, they can, but can they respond to you quickly enough? Where are they located? Can, yeah. they, can, can they deliver? Because most organisations these days will not carry much inventory. They want it on a, on a, on a, on a just-in-time basis uh, or they want you to replenish them whenever you know, they prefer you to be up the road. Uh, so... Not there's more to it. There's got the quality and, and can reliability. I ask you then, just following on from that, does that mean that we're going to see a resurgence back to more localized manufacturing? Is that is that would that be your your vision when we look at the world supply chain issues? We look at uh, just in time, like you talk about there, and you know, I, I've often said this on this program: if we stop making things we'll end up working for the Chinese in the sense that would you like to see more localised manufacturing? Well, I mean, I've been arguing for for 20 years, Bobby, that factories don't have to close. They can be salvaged. You know, I learned about about 20 years ago that suddenly it dawned on me 
why are factories closing? You know, why is, is Letterkenny, where close to where I grew up, and Bunkrana and and Galway and Chum and those places, why are they losing factories? They don't have to. If you do the right things that I keep preaching about, uh, involve the people, invest in them, uh, but make them accountable and, inve- and inject this continuous improvement philosophy, you can will them continuously reduce your cost and assuming that your product is wanted in the marketplace you can survive not just survive you can thrive mm. your own background you're a military man originally uh, and you sound like a, a guy with a very organized mind which i i take it you is essential for the type of work that you do being organized uh being on top of suppliers uh, managing inventory all that stuff says to me that this guy has um, to be a highly organised individual. I, I'm, I'm not sure if my wife and daughters would, <laughs> would, would agree with that, Bobby. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think if you walk into a factory, um, you know, I would get a, a sense in a few minutes, you know, is this a well-run factory or not? Yeah. If, if the workplace is not organised, then it's not going to be efficient. Yeah. And the people are not going to be organised. So, therefore, you know, you're not getting the, the most out of your workforce. So, yeah, a well-organized uh, workforce. Uh, you know, uh, in, in one of the, the biggest, the main issues in, in, that I find and been finding for so long is leadership or lack of it or the wrong kind of leadership, a lack of involvement of the workforce that they're not respected enough, to be, they're not given a real voice, a genuine voice where they can you know, be listened to and, 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 and uh, play a part in their, in their workplace. If you do that, uh, you will have a well-run workplace. But the other big part is supply chain, supply chain into the factory and out of the factory. Yeah. If you don't have your suppliers well organized and well disciplined and, you know, regularly we would send teams out to train them because we can't trust them to, to do it. We don't want to uh, eliminate them because they're in they're in a good location and, and their costs are OK. So we would work with them to help them inject the right practices into their operation to be a great supplier to us. Um, the book covers a whole lot of other things and you say it's not an academic book and this is one of the reasons why I liked it so much is that it's written by somebody who's practically been involved in, in manufacturing and production for a number of years. But the book covers a whole lot of other things like toxic work cultures, managing change, surviving mergers. There's a good one. Um, yeah. You get a, a whole new culture overnight. The business gets sold. Guys come in and say, well, we're doing this now our way now. And somebody who's worked there for 20 years stands there scratching their head. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you know, Procter & Gamble acquired Gillette in 2005 and I was hearing rumours at Aurora B plant that, that I thought was a great plant. We'd made it, you know, developed it, growing it. It was a great factory that they were going to close it and move it to Poland and, and elsewhere. Uh, but they, had never, they hadn't visited us. Our, ma- our new masters hadn't visited us. So I contacted the head of rural care in Cincinnati and invited her over and she came and uh, she apologised and said, yeah, the rumours were probably coming from her. But she loved what, what she saw. And yeah. we, were, we were, the pressure was off after that. You know, I, I told her that I believe our factories are as good, if not better than yours, with a lot less resources, because I've been in two of yours already and I'm not impressed. <laughs> OK, well, the book's called Make Your Factory Great and Keep It That Way. It's a really good read if you're any interest in, in production, even in business, in, in, in human in human. Uh, change in nature, mergers, all that. It's all here. It's by Liam Cassidy. And Liam, thank you very much for joining us and every success with us. Great pleasure. Thank you very much. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.